listening to Uncommon Democracy, a podcast shining light on the unique stories of everyday people who have a positive impact on their communities. Here is your host of Uncommon Democracy, Philip Oroka. Jennifer Bannock is a certified registered nurse anesthetist and current Democratic nominee for coroner of Lake County, Illinois. Her commitment to improving the local community and our country is evidenced by her service as a captain in the United States Military Army Reserves. I sat down with Jennifer virtually through Skype to learn more about her story and why positively impacting her community has become her guiding principle in life. Well, Jennifer Bannock, thank you so much for joining me on Uncommon Democracy. Uh, how, how are things going today? Great. Thanks so much for having me today, Phil. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, our pleasure, our pleasure. Happy to have you on the podcast. Um, so, you know, I think you just got a fantastic story to tell. Um, in you know, you're you're currently running for uh, public office here in Lake County, Illinois. Um, but I'm I'm very curious about you know you you are a certified uh, nurse anesthetist, and we'll kind of get in more about that later. But you know, talk about the coronavirus and uh, what impacts that has had on your your job uh, and how that's kind of changed uh, in the uh, the past really two to three months. Yeah. So you're right. I'm a certified registered nurse anesthetist or nurse anesthesiologist. So what that means is I am an, an advanced practice nurse and um, I provide anesthesia care um, throughout the perioperative experience. So um, review patients' charts beforehand, make sure that um, they are safe and clear to have anesthesia, and um, I determine what type of anesthetic is best for the procedure. And then I, I put patients to sleep. I'm their advocate in the operating room, and then even um, we take them to PACU, to the recovery area, and am responsible for, for managing them there as well. So the COVID pandemic, um, you know, this is um, a respiratory infection. Uh, um, you know, oftentimes patients require ventilatory support. So this is my area of expertise. So you're right, the pandemic um, nationwide, about 50% of us were furloughed or found ourselves without jobs and the other 50% of us um, we're on rapid response teams and part of caring for these patients. So I've actually found myself on, on both sides of that fence, both furloughed and uh, also working, though, um, some shifts um, at a couple of hospitals in the city. So I uh, at one point worked in a traditional hospital setting, um, but about three years ago, I became an independent contractor. So what I do and what that means is I contract with ambulatory surgery centers, hospitals, and doctor's offices uh, and provide anesthesia services. So when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden, um, you know, healthcare facilities stopped uh, doing elective procedures because we realized that we needed to um, focus our efforts on caring for these patients and trying to minimize exposure. So because I'm a, a contracted employee, by and large, by many facilities that are doing elective procedures, around March 13th, um, I found myself uh, getting lots of phone calls and emails that for sure the month of um, March, you know, I would be canceled and my services weren't needed. 
Um, that being said, I am also credentialed at a couple of hospitals uh, in the Chicagoland area, one of which um, their nurse anesthetists were part of a COVID response team. And so what that meant was for the duration of time uh, that you were at work, um, instead of working in the operating room, you would be responsible for responding to um, you know, patients that were in respiratory distress and required, um, required additional support. So um, I did work um, uh, at that hospital um, as part of the COVID response team. But again, because I was an as-needed employee versus a regular staffed employee, um, you know, they didn't use my services um, a lot. Um, now then, though, however, there was another hospital that I worked at again in Chicago um, where I, I went back into the intensive care unit and worked as a, a bedside nurse uh, providing care. Uh, some of our patients uh, were indeed COVID positive. So, um, you know, saw our uh, nurses and healthcare workers in the Chicagoland area who were, um, you know, really uh, caring for these patients and um, dealing with, especially in the beginning, the issues that we had with lack of personal protective equipment or PPE. Um, so, you know, I, I think when we spoke earlier, I told you, um, uh, you know, I had gone to White Sands National Park last year and you kind of, uh, it's kind of otherworldly when you uh, go to that national park feeling like you're almost on another planet. And I guess that's the only way that I can describe the experience, you know, going into the hospitals. Um, all of a sudden, um, it was very otherworldly. And, um, you know, personal protective equipment hanging outside of patients' rooms, um, nurses trying to conserve the equipment um, so that they could reuse it um, and at least feel somewhat protected. Um, you know, uh, rooms retrofitted such that the, um, the uh, room, you know, the filtration system within the room was appropriate such that, such that there wasn't additional spread um, of the virus. Um, you know, quite an experience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it, it you know, your, you know, your commitment to public service um, is, is really pretty clear. Uh, and, you know, you're, even though you've been furloughed and, you know, you're, you're, you know, you could easily just say, I'm, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to take some time away. Uh, but, you know, you're really choosing to, to kind of dive right in, uh, and, and help where you can. And, you know, where, 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 where do you think that commitment to public service started, uh, and were there some some people or groups that may have influenced you along the way? I think that within my home life, um, you know, giving back to my community was always something that was uh, rewarded and looked favorably upon um, by my parents. Um, so I think it probably, you know, started there. I have definitely had some mentors along the way. Um, you know, I've had kind of um, a life that's had lots of twists and turns. Uh, and I guess I would say my, you know, commitment to public service is probably twofold. And that throughout those twists and turns, um, I myself have been on the receiving end of 
needing other people's help, needing a lift up, um, and uh, was very grateful for the help that I received. And then um, the second part of it, I think, is that, uh, you know, um, I've also had lots of good fortune in my life. And I think when we have the opportunity to share that good fortune, um, you know, and consequently uh, have the ability to make the world a little bit of a better place for our neighbors and our community, um, you know, we all benefit from that. And I've found that, you know, the the cost to me has actually been very uh, little in times of time and effort. And in fact, I often find that I am rewarded in the process um, with relationships um, that I formed, which have been very fulfilling. And then, of course, you know, the recipient also, um, you know, feeling, um, you know, benefiting from from what I've been able to do in terms of mentorship or if I've been able to, um, you know, serve community members in some way. So I, I think both of those um, things have contributed to my um, interest in community service. Absolutely. And, you know, you're you're currently in the middle of a um, a campaign right now. So, uh, you know, you're you're the you're the Democratic nominee for coroner uh, in Lake County, Illinois. And for our listeners, that's just a little bit north of uh, the city of Chicago, north of Lake. I'm um, excuse me, north of Cook County. Um, uh, you know, why run for political office? You know, I, th- I think today, um, you know, s- serving in public office, uh, being a quote unquote politician is not seen very fa- favorably. Uh, however, you know, you, you kind of have a different opinion on that. Could you talk about, uh, you know, what, what kind of prompted you to run for coroner of Lake County? Yeah, Phil, I've, I've always felt that it was my job, um, to be informed, um, you know, about politics. Um, so that has fueled my interest, um, in running for public office and then, um, you know, I, I also feel like, um, like I have something to give back. So, um, you know, ever since I was in my twenties, uh, um, I would attend political events, um, you know, all the way, way back. I remember, uh, hauling my kiddos up to Appleton, Wisconsin to, uh, attend a John Kerry event to uh, canvassing uh, up in Wisconsin also with my, uh, with my kids in tow. Um, and then that kind of emerged or morphed into taking on some more leadership opportunities. So I, I serve as the vice chair in my township um, for the Democratic Party for Libertyville Township Dems. Um, and then I ran uh, and about a year and a half ago for a library board trustee. So um, have kind of dipped my toes into the water into leadership that way. And uh, you know, the, you're right, I'm, I'm running for Lake County Coroner. And um, you know, I was asked to run for this position, I think because of my interest in politics and um, the fact that I feel compelled to give back to my community, community combined with the fact that you know, I have a background um, with medical expertise, a background in science, I have an undergraduate degree in biology. And so all of those things, I think, um, make me, you know, uniquely suited for the position. And, um, 
you know, I, I feel very connected to this community. I mostly grew up in the area, um, returned to the area when I was 10 or 11 years old, um, graduated from Mundelein High School. So, um, you know, I've been an advocate for patients um, since 2005 when I became a registered nurse. So I see this as a natural transition to advocate for community members as well. Absolutely. You know, you, you know, we, you just mentioned that last, last part there advocating for community members. Um, you know, there were certainly times where, uh, you know, you did have, um, some, some ups and downs and the community kind of, uh, brought you back up. Uh, you know, is, is that, is that one of the, the reasons why you decided to run? Because it's a very difficult thing and it's made, it's been made even more difficult with the, uh, epidemic that uh, a lot of campaigning is going to be done online and it kind of throws um, a traditional campaign up in the air. Yeah, so you're right, um, especially when I was in graduate school, um, experienced a lot of financial hardship myself. Um, you know, um, I think as a candidate now, uh, many, you know, meeting lots of new folks and I I suspect that if somebody were to meet me recently, they would uh, you know, think my life looks pretty nice and neat and tied up in a package. Um, but that wasn't always the case. You know, um, like I said, I had some significant financial hardship and found myself um, even at food pantries uh, trying to feed my family. So that was quite challenging. I felt very thankful. Um, you know, for those opportunities. And certainly now I feel like it's my opportunity to pay it forward. Um, so, you know, you're right in terms of the campaign, um, you know, being quite limited um, because we can't have that social interaction that we're traditionally used to. So uh, it, you know, puts us in a position where we have to um, look for creative things to do. Um, so as a candidate, um, you know, I'm looking for opportunities um, you know, to do the right thing in additional, in addition to campaigning. So, um, have done a lot of volunteering within, um, the community in terms of I've, uh, you know, signed up to bring meals to a local domestic violence shelter, um, which we know with the COVID, um, pandemic, the potential for domestic violence is there, um, you know, is much more likely. So, um, you know, in the end, as a candidate, I feel like what's most important is to do the right thing. Um, and so while our traditional ways of fundraising and campaigning um, are not available to us, I feel like if, if I do the right thing and, and set an example and look to my neighbors and, um, um, you know, help out my community, I, I, think, I think that's the best I can do. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we've had a we've had a conversation or two about uh, politics, right? And the current state of our national politics. Um, and, uh, you know, as a candidate though, what do you think currently is, is lacking in our politics today? You know, my opinion is there's a lack of empathy for people that may not agree with us. Um, and, you know, could you talk about when you're engaging with voters, and you're talking um, on a Zoom conference call with voters. You know, 
what 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 types of things are they telling you uh and you know where do you think we're we're coming up short in our politics today i agree with you phil i think um you know i think there is a lack of empathy um and i but i think that that's where i'm in a unique position um because i've had um you know all of these twists and turns um you know, I, I can um, not only empathize, but oftentimes sympathize uh, with voters because I've been challenged with making a mortgage payment. I didn't always know where my next meal for my family was coming from. Um, I've had distressed relationships. Um, so those are all um, things that put me in a position to be able to connect with neighbors. Um, I would also say that, however, as a healthcare professional and um, in working with patients every day, um, you know, I am familiar with their stories. And this also puts me in a position where I can empathize with folks. Um, so in, in being able to do that, um, I can advocate um, and I can collaborate with stakeholders, um, you know, to, to better Lake County, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that I'm sure some of our listeners are, are thinking about, uh, uh, is what does the coroner do? Right. So, uh, can you talk a little bit about what is the role of the coroner? And, you know, I think it, it, it has to be a much more important job right now, especially than a lot of people may have thought about three months ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the role of the coroner um, is to determine cause of death. So, uh, and I think, you know, many times folks associate the coroner position um, with maybe television shows that they have seen crime, um, you know, crime shows on, on you know, on TV. And um, my job is to, to determine cause of death. And so uh, just to give you an idea, in Lake County in 2018, there were approximately um, 4,700 uh, deaths. About 513 of those were investigated by the coroner. And then I believe it's about 360 um, required autopsies. And many people think that the coroner position re requires you to be a medical doctor or an MD. Um, there's 102 counties in um, Illinois. Um, Cook County is the only county that requires you to be a medical doctor. Um, and they have actually a medical examiner, not a coroner. All of the other 101 counties in Illinois have, have coroners. Um, so uh, yeah, my job would be to determine cause of death. So for instance, um, several uh, years ago, there was a case where a Fox Lake police officer had called into dispatch and he said that he was being chased by several um, people of color. Uh, he was next found shot dead next to his squad car. And um, initially he was revered as a um, hero, um, you know, being killed by homicide in the line of duty and likely killed by these people of color. It was a time in history where kind of black lives matter and blue lives matter was a trending narrative. Um, and 
you know, the, the coroner works closely with the sheriff's office and the state's, uh, state's attorney's office. And the coroner said at that time, no, we're going to do an additional investigation. I, there's something that's not right here. I don't believe this was a homicide. And um, in actuality, with further investigation, it was determined that the police officer had staged his own suicide. Um, and so, you know, that was a, a, a really important case. He'd staged his suicide because he was um, he was siphoning taxpayers' money. Um, so, you know, I think uh, this is a position that it's really important that we uh, make decisions based on fact and science, not, you know, fear mongering and scare tactics, um, not those types of narratives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, your, your commitment to public service, um, you know, doesn't just end with, uh, running for, for political office, um, and, uh, you know, serving as a nurse, um, uh, you know, when you when you were in college, you you enrolled in the ROTC program, uh, and then uh, going through your uh, CRNA certification, uh, you uh, re-enrolled into the Army Reserves. Um, first of all, thank you for your service to our country. Um, I think that goes without saying. Uh, but talk a little bit about uh, why. You know, I think um, you know. There's there's again. Uh, there's a lot of conversations happening in, in Washington and um, around the country. And, you know, how can we serve our communities better? Uh, and, you know, you really stepped up and decided to uh, serve our country uh, in the Army and do it in a way that, you know, you're best suited for. Talk about uh, why you decided to enroll in the Army. Yeah, I um as you said, enrolled in the Reserve Officer Training Corps. Uh, I initially started out my college career at University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. And, um, you know, I, um, I think that I um, had a desire uh, to serve my country. I, um, you know, certainly there were some educational benefits um, that I was interested, um, you know, interested in partaking in direct um, commission. And when you and I spoke before, I think you're right. It was a sense of um, obligation and a sense of unfinished business that I didn't accept that officership previously. Um, and so uh, I think depending on who's counting, I have probably about 10 or 11 years that I've served um, this far. Um, returned from a um, mobilization uh, to the Middle East um, in late January this year. I served on a damage control surgical team, which is kind of a lean and mean uh, surgical team uh, that uh, I was on Al-Udid Air Force Base in uh, Qatar. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm humbled. I, I always meet very interesting people. Um, the military is a unique way of, um, you know, managing, um, managing folks. And I've, I've learned a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of, one of the things I was very curious to, to, to ask you as, as I like to try to ask this question to, to all of our guests, 
uh, is how how can can how can people get involved in their community? You know what what would be your advice? Uh, and you know because obviously not not uh, um, you know running for political office is not for everybody. That's uh, a very uh, uh, big undertaking. Uh, but you know what what would be your advice to people considering uh, getting involved in their community? You know, there's uh, plenty of volunteer opportunities. I think through um, you know social media, there's community boards. Um, I I'm a huge advocate for college-bound opportunities. Uh, certainly not a political organization, um, but there's lots of folks um, with varying backgrounds. Um, you know, that are giving back to young people right here in Lake County, um, simply by um, being another resource, by being um, another adult that these young folks can connect with, um, you know, to help shape their future. Oftentimes, um, in fact, I would say probably almost 100% of the time, these kids don't have parents that have attended any um, secondary schooling in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of college. So, um, you know, as a mentor, uh, like I said, whatever your background is, and sometimes, you know, you just bring a sense of stability that uh, the these young people might not have in their home. So, you, you know, it's, it's very basic things. It's not that you have to have a lot of money. It's not that you have to have a fancy degree. Um, just being a good person and offering um, lending an ear. And like I said, um, having a sense of stability can be important in, in, an organization like College Bound Opportunities. Um, so, you know, uh, I, as I told you though too, I serve as a library board t trustee. There's the Friends of the Library who, um, you know, um, you can help organize book sales. You know, these are all ways um, that, things that provide services for folks in our community. Th those things allow us to have the bookmobile such that we can serve vulnerable populations, people that can't make it to the library, um, assisted living facilities where there's older folks that maybe can't make it to the library. So I think you need to find a passion and um, you know decide how much time you can give during the week and uh, start seeking out those opportunities. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I'm just going to ask you one more question, and that's a pretty simple one. Um, okay. If our listeners are interested in your campaign, uh, where can they go? Uh, how can they help you? Sure. Uh, so, um, they can find out some more information about me on my website. It's, um, bannockforcorner.com and, uh, you can find me at Bannock for Corner on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can sign up to help through my website. Uh, some really easy ways that people can help is, um, you know, if you're on Facebook, you can just like, and share my posts and my page. Um, if you're interested in having a sign in your yard, you can click at the bottom of the page and um, it will take you to uh, send, sending me an email and letting me know that you'd like a, a um, sign in your yard. Um, certainly, if you know we're able to canvas um, through that same link on my website, you can, you know, express if you're interested in, in helping us do some more canvassing. And that might look more like sending text messages and making phone calls, especially in, in the pandemic. Um, you can email me if you just have a question um, about something you heard about today um, at bannockforcorner at gmail.com. So those are all ways um, you know, that you can, you can help out and get involved with the campaign. Wonderful. Um, well, 
that's that's it for us today jennifer thank you so much for uh coming on the podcast uh again thank you for your service to the country uh in the army uh best of luck with your race in november uh and uh thanks again for joining us thanks so much phil and uh to all your listeners that live in lake county don't forget on august 5th you can request a ballot by mail um, just Google Lake County ballot by mail. So August 5th um, is when you can begin asking for that. So, and thanks again, Phil, for having me on your show. Our pleasure. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks. If you know someone who should be featured on an upcoming show, email us at uncommondemocracy at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for listening to Uncommon Democracy.